After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when you hear that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, you're probably thinking, yeah, sure, what's the catch? Well, uh, there isn't one. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. The team here at Literally has tried Mint Mobile out, and this is the review. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. It was great. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan, for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I got to get going soon. I got to take the ribs out. Are you doing like that plastic surgery thing where you're removing your ribs because you think it'll give you a better sight line on camera or are there ribs in the oven? No, I'm I'm taking two of my right ribs out because I'm starving. I like it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Literally. Um, I am your trusted, loyal servant host, Roberto Bocephius Lowe. <laughs> some of you will understand that reference, and some of you will not. And that's just the way it goes, because you know what? We have David Cross on the show today, and we, and we make no apologies for comedy here. We like it dry and wry, and you better keep up with us, because um, we're not slowing down for anybody, because... This mofo is a smart, smart, funny writer, creator, auteur, actor, and um, his hallmark is really, really smart, wonderful, uh, off-the-wall, irreverent comedy, and um, we're about to discover that we may have led the same lives. I have to ask you about Bernie Brillstein. Bernie Brillstein was um, our mutual manager. And uh, has a legendary had a legendary career. Ran studios, discovered everybody from Jim Henson to you know all of the early Saturday Night Live people. And yes, um, I'm so sorry to tell you he's passed. Oh, um, oh, he, yeah, yeah. I, this is a tough way to find out. Yeah, uh, no, I I every 
I'm going to say every two years or so, there's some reason to, he comes up or there's an organic reason to bring him up. And, um, you know, amongst friends or, or uh, you know, my wife and other friends at dinner party or something like that. And um, it almost every single time I will start, I will pause, I will start tearing up a little bit, a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, I just, when I think about uh, how lucky I am that I was able to just be in his orbit, you know, and uh, watch him do, and he was you know, instrumental to Bob and I's career. And uh, he was just an amazing guy, amazing guy. And hee haw, he was, he came up with, or, or he shepherded hee haw. If anybody remembers that. I, I don't, listen, if you ever spent any time with Bernie, there are quotes that you will never forget. And I have one about Hee Haw. He was like, it's really very simple. I looked at the number one and two shows on the world, uh, in the world. One was Laughing. And uh, what was the, the other was Green Acres. I thought, great. <laughs> it's Laughing for Hicks. Laughing for Hicks. And it was huge. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, this like like Brooklyn, New York, Jewish city boy but he and he had some he had some amazing stories that were um that he acknowledged as being you know right place right time like there was some what's his story about there was a huge snowstorm and lenny bruce was at carnegie hall do you know that no where he there's i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher it but i i I can't tell this i I mean i've only got 20 percent of the information but he has so many of those like right place, right time stories. He was um, with Elvis in the Ed Sullivan show. He brought Elvis, Elvis was from uh, Memphis, obviously, had, and it was his first time, uh, one of them, to New York and was freezing. He hadn't brought anything to keep himself warm. I have a photo in my house <laughs> of Bernie giving Elvis uh, a sweater. Wow. Backstage at the, uh, at the uh, Ed Sullivan show. Have you talked to Jeff Garland? Oh, I no, but I know he's, he apparently has great stories. He has great stories. He does a great impression. It's not even that great, but you just go with it. You're like, oh, sure. I mean, it sounds so appropriately Bernie. Were you at the the now infamous, famous um, memorial service at uh, Royce Hall at UCLA? No, I wasn't. I, I tried to go, but I couldn't. You, I'm sure you've heard about it. It was un. Believe I actually it was so unbelievable to me that I wrote an entire chapter about it in my first book. T- tell me, tell me, tell me. Chapter is called "No One Follows the Frog." The I was chosen as one of the people to eulogize Bernie, which was a high honor. And I think it was it was Gary Shandling, um, Brad Gray was at the time one of the most powerful people in Hollywood. Uh, I think Lovitz uh, was one. Um, Lorne Michaels. Um, and then, uh, Kermit the Frog, cause, cause Bernie discovered Jim Henson, Kermit the Frog would, would then, um, play uh, a banjo rendition of Rainbow Connection. And we were all kind of not arguing, but kind of trying to figure out who would go first and who would go, who you didn't want to, I didn't want to follow Gary Shandling, who's whatever. And Lorne Michaels was producing it and he's the most brilliant producer I've ever worked with. He can produce from you know Simon and Garfunkel in the park to Saturday Night Live for seventy five years to Bernie's funeral, he knows what the hell he's doing. And I said, "So what's the order of, of the speakers?" He goes, "Um, I don't know yet, but I know that no one follows the frog." 
<laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And when that frog came out and sang that song, I'm telling you, like full on ugly crying. I believe it was insane. I remember Tim Meadows, who I love, was literally on the floor. It was just the most emotional, sweet. Yeah. That's a killer song. Yeah. And it was, you know, still very, very fresh, you know, his passing. Yeah. He loved, but boy, and he had, you know, he had a poster of Mr. Show over his toilet in his bathroom. Yeah. The one in his office? Yeah. The, one, the automatic door or whatever? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I'll, t- I'll take it for what it is, Rob. Which is good, I hope. You're not the only one. <laughs> Uh, you were in, or at least it's in your credits, of one of my all-time favorite shows ever, Wonder Showsen. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I did that a couple of times. That that was, I would put that in my top 10 shows ever. One of the most subversive, be, right? smart, subversive, brilliant, unique shows. And I think they, what, they only did like 12 episodes or something like that? Maybe 16? Yeah. Oh, just brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. It's one of those shows I discovered, my kids discovered it when they were super young. And so they don't know what they're watching. You're watching it going, oh my God, <laughs> this is, yeah. It, it is one of those shows, and I, I talk about it whenever I get the chance to, if people have not seen it, it's one of those rare things where you go, I cannot believe this was put on television. It's 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 just brilliant and, and way ahead of its time, still ahead of its time. And uh, um. And the fact that they that they're the show Patience is probably oh my god one of the most genius things I've ever seen. I won't spoil it for anybody, but and I wouldn't make it the first thing you see. Do not run out and you know Google and check that one out. You should just come across it in the natural order of how you know if you get the DVDs or stream it or whatever. Um, Patience is amazing, and when you when you realize what it is, when you realize. As it's dawning on you what the show is, what that episode is, it's just genius. And uh, um, did you ever see Horse Apples? Yeah, of course. Yeah, which was the hee-haw kind of uh, yes. takeoff. And they <laughs> they did a segment in one of the things, and then they did an entire episode that was just Horse Apples. Yes, that's the one I really remember. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Did you see their um, Vernon and John Lee and Vernon Chapman uh follow-up was uh the heart she holler no no xavier renegade angel was the next thing i believe i never saw it i just remember how i do remember how ridiculous the outfit was is it the hat that i'm remembering the amazing hat i don't i don't they they're oh was that the beer can hat uh yeah 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 i don't i don't remember exactly but (laughs) let's think of it it's not practical in any way and it hurts. And it hurts. Did you did you know people who collected beer cans? Uh, my sister. My sister did. No way. She, yeah, because we go up down uh, like the back roads, and we, I was in Roswell, Georgia, which now is kind of all connected. But back when we were kids, it was just redneck and rural, and uh, and it really everybody was looking for those Billy beer cans because they were worth two hundred bucks. Looking for a rusted Billy beer can and. Yeah, my sister collected beer cans. <laughs> that was the same era because I had Billy Beer. Um, and then the other thing you wanted were what they called cone, he- cone tops. Cone tops. And cone tops I don't know what that were is. beer cans from the 30s. Oh, wow. Where they literally had a cone top. Oh, wait. So you collected them. Did you get into CB radio? I wanted to be into CB radio. <laughs> and but You're 
religion didn't allow it. Yeah, my, yeah that's, that's right. It was against my religion. Um, I, my parents wouldn't buy me a CB, but that's absolutely exactly the bullseye. Yeah. Of, of my childhood. That's same, same thing. Same here. And, uh, CW wow. McCall, right? Oh yeah. Well, that was, that was like when it had reached everywhere, but I mean, this was starting in the South and the Midwest, you know, that was, uh, once they got in a convoy, that was, you know, by the time LA knew of it, it was way past, but, uh, right. Yeah. I remember, uh, one of, there was a handful of us and one of us, I think it was Glenn Harris had a CB radio and we'd get on and just, you know, prank other truckers <laughs> you know uh, what was your handle i had two cotton mouth and dr death those are good yeah those those are my i was probably 12 but we, we was 12 we taught you know we do just what we imagine trucker voice you know southern um but you know we were also 12 so our voice didn't match you know we still had a 12 year <laughs> voice trying to trick other truckers you got you got a smoky on your back door uh, ten four. Yeah, we try to make stuff up and try to get it into the vernacular, and you know, America in the seventies. Um, beer can ha- Yeah, I I actually took it so far as to become a member of the BCCA, Beer Can Collectors of America. Wow. So, t- what happened when you, you know, when you gave it up or you said I'm done or what was that decision like? And then also, what did you do with beer cans after that? It's sad because I I. Wish I still had them, but we, my parents got divorced and we moved. Oh, Rob, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's, it's years of therapy have gotten me to the point where I can openly talk of it. But um, we had a very traumatic move uh, away from my, you know, home in Dayton to like, we spent some time in Colorado in a little town and, and then ended up in California. But the beer cans did not make it on the trip. And I, I have no memory of what happened. I can't imagine I threw them away. I think I probably blacked it out. Would you, I, I would you like sell them to somebody, a friend or uh I would have, I think something? maybe I saw, because across the street, Craig Eifert across the street had the killer, um, killer beer can collection that I could never compete with. Yeah. Like, you know, Primo, Coors, Cone Tops. And Coors, finding a Coors can was insane because, you know, they didn't sell it yeah. east of the Mississippi River. Yeah. In fact, I didn't realize that the entire predicate of Smokey and the Bandits, talk about Breaker, Breaker 1-9, mm-hmm. is, is this theft of a Coors beer stash yeah. to bring it east of the Mississippi River. To bring it to Atlanta. Was it Atlanta? Yeah. And uh, um, they filmed some of that uh, in Roswell. Or, you know, they talked about it for a year. Hey man, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds go and uh, who's that other motherfucker? Burt Reynolds and um, yeah, you know the <laughs> the fat dude uh, from Honeymooners. Uh, you know whatever. And, uh, <laughs> but everybody's excited about Burt Reynolds. Oh my god, you just you just transported me. That's what I do. At this time of year, if you're huddled up indoors, you're looking out the window and wishing the sun was out, you can do some fun things out and about. I know where you need to go. I know where you need to go. You need to say goodbye to winter and the winter blues and visit sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. The weather in Scottsdale gives you so many different options of things to do indoors, outdoors. It's the golfing capital of the world, first of all. It's got 200 area courses. You can hike the Sonoran Desert, which is brilliantly beautiful. 
You could take a thrilling hot air balloon ride. When you're done, enjoy a meal at one of the many world-class celebrity chef restaurants. You can choose from one of over 70 resorts and hotels with heated pools, luxury spas, and you don't miss out on incredible upcoming events like the classic car auction, Barrett Jackson, the WM Phoenix Open for you golf lovers. I know I want to go get in that stand for that par three at the uh, WM Phoenix Open. That's one of the greatest things you can do in golf. They also have the yearly Arabian Horse Show and Cactus League Spring Training. Hello, for baseball fans, my Dodgers are there. It's one of my great trips I get to do. So make the most out of winter by escaping to Scottsdale's slice of paradise. Plan your trip at experiencescottsdale.com. Hey, everybody. Join Macy's and Girls, Inc. to empower a new generation of leaders now during Women's History Month throughout March. You can help fund STEM and college and career readiness programs for girls when you donate online to Girls, Inc. or round up your purchase. Plus, shop women-owned and founded brands like Kaylee Cosmetics, New Face, and Better Not Younger. Learn more and celebrate the creative power of women now and all year round at Macy's.com slash purpose. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. I'm just, I'm just stag. I want more of uh, Georgia, David. People say like, oh, you don't have an accent. And that's, that was uh, intentional because I, I was born, I was born in Atlanta and I moved uh, when I was like one and I lived in a couple places in Florida, three places in Florida where my two other sisters were born. And then we moved to, we lived in a um, couple places in Connecticut and then three places in New York and then moved back to Georgia when I was nine. And I was there until I was 19. And um, I was old enough. I hadn't really gotten a Southern accent by the time I left when I was like five, I guess. Um, and when I moved back there, I like consciously didn't want to have, I was really upset that we had to move to Georgia. Um, and I, kind of fought it. I fought a lot of that stuff. Sometimes in an obstinate way that, uh, like stuff that I truly love now, like barbecue and Southern rock and soul food and, you know, things like that. I, I was like, I'm not eating barbecue. It's my favorite food in the whole world. And I probably knew it then. We're like, nope. And I'm not going to listen to Leonard Skinner and I'm not gonna, you know, whatever. And, um, yeah. And now I've come to you know, appreciate and love a lot of that stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I was dipping it. I, I mean, yeah, dipping, dipping, hell yeah, chewing. I was a beach nut guy. I didn't go for the beach nut. There was, uh, um, were you, uh, did you dip? Did you do skull or Copenhagen? I, I never, I never, I had friends who did it. I never did that. I, uh, it was, that was a bridge too far. But that, that shit would get you. fuck me. I mean, it would, yes, I'd, yes. I put a little in, I'm, you know, you're talking about like a yes. 14 year old. And, you know, just peer pressure by that. But after a few years, it's just like, I'm going to do, I mean, this is where everybody I'm hanging out with 
all white. It was like the whitest, you know, uh, and, um, and those like sleeveless puffy jacket vest things that didn't have, you know, sleeves and, um, I'd wear those vests, but there'd not be a shirt. It'd just be the vest. And what was, uh, was tubing a part of your, hell yes. Oh dude, come Man, on. We'd go tubing down the Chattahoochee all the time. And, um, and like shitty weed, you know, like really like Colombian gold and like mm-hmm. nothing. I remember the first time I had like Indica or, or something like that. And it fucking knocked my ass. And I was like, probably i'm gonna guess like 15 uh and i was just used to kind of dirt weed like we all were you know yeah and i couldn't i could barely even talk you know uh and that stuff pales to what we have now i mean it's not that stuff is the dirt weed of today, today you know and uh but yeah that was uh georgia George's childhood. It's funny how when you move it, when you're a kid and it's traumatic, it's you're so right. You kind of dig in and like, I'm not going to change who I am for this new culture. Like, cause I yeah. ended up from, um, do you remember Levi Toughskins? Did you, was that? <laughs> yes, I do. Do you remember those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I was a big Levi Toughskin guy and, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I ended up in Malibu in 1976 oh, wow. and i was like fuck this place malibu totally different As completely like, different culture who, who needs sun and the beach and the ocean but i and i was in my tough skins and i was not and everybody else was in shorts and where i came from you didn't guys didn't wear shorts unless they were cut off levis you could wear that yeah yeah i had the i had cut off tons of cut off jeans yeah cut off uh, jeans which ironically would make a uh make a reappearance as i got older but yeah but like i i hung under those tough skins for way too long and like wasn't gonna learn how to surf thought it was ridiculous um and of course yeah g- guess what i love now surfing yeah i'm sure and, and what uh how old were you at that point i uh, i was 13 yeah that's prime time you get there and you're just becoming your own person and you're sensing your individuality yeah. and who you are and yeah you dig and i i dug in i was like i'm not gonna and of course as i said like you know that was when i was nine but but i didn't last very long and a few years later i'm still got my dip just disgusting stupid shit were you a baseball fan oh big time yeah okay yeah. good so did you ever have the thing where you put the chewing tobacco but you wrapped it with bubble gum no yeah that was a oh. th- yeah that was a thing that was i never a- heard of that yeah that's because that's what like somehow oh. i got it in my head that that's what the new cool young baseball major leaguers were doing wait so so you thought that wasn't a thing that you thought was a thing? i don't know or- i look, looking back <laughs> i mean looking i don't think it was looking back because no one <laughs> i've asked this question to a couple other people and everybody goes no i've never heard it but i'm telling you i remember it vividly like oh yeah no man like uh bob horner third base let's go oh man i think i love the idea that you as a 13 year old got like just put two things together and that became like yeah that's what they're doing <laughs> i don't think people so were doing that people were do- that's really funny where did i get that into my head <laughs> i don't know you were 13 who knows that's funny you know the other thing i i i collected were you must there, there had to been like 7-Elevens or whatever, like that was like where you'd, like for me in Ohio, it was like a big night to walk to the 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee. Like that was the height of entertainment. And 
And then they had the baseball trade, baseball trading cups, as they called them. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget the the Bob Horner one was these horrible caricatures of the baseball players, and it was yeah. B- Bob Horner on the hot corner, Jack Clark lights the spark at Candlestick yeah. Park. <laughs> so amazing! That's pretty good memory. That's good. Yeah, I want those. I really want to find those again. We our our. Uh place uh that was like the high school hangout um i was too young for it really but was uh it was just a mcdonald's off of roswell road sure. and all the all the kids would go to the mcdonald's um there wasn't a whole lot around uh isn't it insane that that's what like our kids today be like i'm sorry what they they cannot imagine that it was that was really it was fun for us like the mcdonald's we just don't let the lights go off like they turn the light yeah. the lights off Ooh, they're closing <laughs> it down Ooh. yeah well, you, so uh, did you have midnight movies? Was that a big thing when you got older? You mean going to the midnight movies? The, no, yeah, going like uh, uh, when I got to be about, I don't know, um, 16, I'll say. Uh, so Perimeter Mall uh, had, I think, three movie theaters in it. And that was like the closest. It was still a drive, but it was like the closest one. And then they had midnight movies, which were always, there was like a, rock and roll one and mm-hmm. a you know horror film one yep. and then like a uh you know sexy one right it'd be like the groove tube and then it would be um a ralph bakshi cartoon which yeah. i never got there you go. i never yeah. i never got the ralph bakshi well that's stuff. about being high that's about getting you know really wasted and going to see it and heavy metal did you ever see heavy metal oh of course yeah and then oh how about this one kentucky fried movie oh yeah way better than groove tube I think, but they're kind. Yeah, they feel like they belong on the same bill. Sim- yeah, similar thing, but Kentucky Fried Movie was far superior. Speaking of movies, see how good I am at segueing. Wasn't that good? Uh, it was really good because we were we were speaking literally speaking of movies. And now, and I just and then you said it out loud, and I said it. Then I said it. that out loud, mm-hmm. and that enables us to go into a, another different part of the conversation. A, a segue, if you will. Yeah, um, even if you won't. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Sure. So my neighbor is Ross Bagdasarian. Oh, tell him I said hello. I, 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 he, he is, he's the most competitive human being who ever lived. Um, for those of you who don't know, Ross Bagdasarian's father, and this is, it's kind of an apocryphal story, but I think it's, it's true because Ross tells it. His father, Ross Bagdasarian Sr., was down to his last $200. He was like a singer-songwriter or whatever, right? Is this making sense? And mm-hmm. spends the last money the family has on an the earliest version of an audio tape recorder. And the wife is like, okay, this time you've gone too far. This is it. We're divorcing. You're a loser. Nothing you ever do goes right. It's over. And he's f- screwing around with the, vo- with the voices, speeding it up and records um, it, the, the witch doctor with that. Guy. That's right. The witch doctor, right. I right, saw right. the witch doctor. He told me what this, with the yeah. crazy, just because he's screwing around with a thing. And it becomes, against all odds, a crazy national hit song. Yeah. And he, he made up the chipmunks just because that would... That was just the name he went for, for that song, and then decided to do a cartoon, and on and on and on. And today, The Chipmunks lives on and is a multi-multi-billion dollar um, business. And his son then took over 
uh, and has been running the chipmunks for probably third, probably 40 years at least. And, um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm well-versed in the, in Janice, his wife does almost all of the voices. Yeah. Alvin! Right, to hear, and what's the guy's name? Who is, who's, who's the dad, the fake dad of the chipmunks? What's that character's name? Oh, Dave, is yeah, it, of course, Dave, yes. But that's Ross, that's Ross's voice, and, and we would play tennis, he'd be like, that ball is out! <laughs> when you said he was uh, competitive, I was wondering in what way, but now I know you mean in sports. And golf, sports, every single... Well, tell tell Ross and Janice I said hello and, uh, you know, hope they're doing well. I will. One of my favorite stories. And I have a couple that are like this, but I was... I had a trip with my wife, and when we took this, like, two-week tour around uh, Southern Africa, we were in Mozambique, uh, which is kind of a long, skinny country uh, on the Indian Ocean, and we had gone to, when I say it took an hour and change to get from even a small town through back roads, through, I mean, really uh, uh, difficult terrain where there was nothing, literally nothing around. And then kind of coming through this terrain and getting this um, really uh, fairly desolate strip of uh, beach that was fairly long and had little pockets of there's some huts here and some there's a place to stay here and a place down and the place we were staying at was having this ridiculous like echo rave for 35 people but it was just loud and annoying with a dj and everything and i'm like fuck this and i went down the beach and i went uh walked about you know roughly a mile to this other kind of outcropping of uh rooms and i walked down the beach and i walk in and i'm like hi excuse me um uh, do you have any extra rooms? And the woman looks up at me. I'm in Mozambique in this tiny little, the, and she's like, Alvin and the chipmunks. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was nuts. And I, and I, and that's one of several stories I have of it. I mean, but that's the most, I mean, I was talking about being in the middle of nowhere. Well, it, it's the, the, the reach of, what what you do sometimes as an actor, you just can't imagine. And, and well, now it's and cable I, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Now it's not as surprising, maybe. But I remember it's funny you, you mentioned going to Africa, and this ties into Bernie Brillstein, who, by the way, um, produced and discovered Alf. He discovered Alf. He discovered Alf at a uh, at Starbucks. No, there wasn't a Starbucks <laughs> then. It uh, coffee, coffee bean and tea. Leaf. What's the uh, at Schwab's at Schwab at Schwab's <laughs> yeah. drugstore? Alf was sitting there yeah. with uh, Angelian. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the middle it's the same thing it's it's the it's the serengeti plain it's the mm -hmm. serengeti plain it's the rift valley it's where man first walked upright mm -hmm. there's no one it takes you two days in a car to get there and we had never seen any any other human beings and finally over the ridge come the you know the the, the maasai warriors and they're just so splendid and just heroic looking and and I look, and one of them is wearing an ALF t-shirt. <laughs> and I was like, well, there you have it. And, and here's the great thing. He was part of the, he was a part of the Nielsen family. So <laughs> his, his viewership, you know, counted. It counted. Counted for more than mine. I, my family yeah. was a Nielsen family for a hot second. 
And um, I remember it was in the mid eighties and I was kind of not, not really living at home, but I would come home and they were like diligently writing. It's when you had to write down what you wrote. You, you there mm-hmm. wasn't a, bo- there wasn't a box. There wasn't any of that stuff. You, it was but, like a journal. Yeah. That you had a, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, then later on I had a, a show and I, somebody reached out to me who, you know, you have people in your life and you, you don't cross paths for years and then they reach out and they reached out and said, Oh, by the way, I'm a Nielsen family member. I was like, oh, well then there. Um, and she would say that she had five people come over every time the current show I was on was on. And I could see when she did it, the numbers in Chicago would would, would go up by a half a million people. Like <laughs> it was like the craziest. It, it was like the craziest. Like, what is that algorithm? That doesn't seem right. But <laughs> Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, look at you. Florist by day, student by night. Student by day, nurse by night. Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs taught by our expert faculty. We offer flexible schedules, scholarships, and tuition plans to help you reach your educational goals online. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. That's worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. The Gifford Pinchot National Forest is where your character is hiking in the Dark Divide. Correct? Am mm-hmm. I am I pronouncing it correctly? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. It's not the it's it, which is not the Bronson Pinchot National Forest, which is a whole. No, we lobbied to do that, but they didn't. You know, because he had nothing to do with it, and Gifford Pinchot did, so they kept it Gifford. I, I, I okay that 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 makes a little more sense. No, we tried. We tried. Yes. So I did a I did a movie. Um, and it's mostly it's a based on a true story based on a guy's um uh what became a collection of books he was uh a big writer at the time but now he's like one of the most revered naturists in america but uh um guy named robert Pyle, and it's an amalgamation of a bunch of his uh, books but it's about this guy who is um completely uh ill prepared to do this journey through 126 miles of what is the most rugged terrain and uncharted stuff uh, uh area a lot of it uncharted in um unprotected in america at least the lower 48 and uh what state is it in by the way so we was did we start in gosh we we shot in oregon and or oregon oregon into washington 
I think it goes to both. Because, yeah, it ends at the Cascade River. Um, I don't know. We shot. It was it was a crazy shoot. The most the most grueling, arduous thing I've ever done in my life. It was really, really hard and a lot of near misses. Uh. Um, yeah, it was it was tough. And there are a couple things you'll see on, on screen. It's like, that's for real. That really happened. And a lot of bruises and scrapes. Um takes place in 95 and this guy his wife had just died of cancer and she kind of tricks him into going doing this thing he had always talked about doing threatening oh, i'll do it one day i'm definitely going to do it i'll i'm getting ready and he ends up she forces his hand uh and he you know it's one of those contemplative things where you you know you, he comes out a different person through all the things and uh he experiences and uh it was good. It's a, it's actually a good movie. It's beautiful. It's stunning, man. There's a lot of these, some drone shots that are just like, I mean, it's a magnificent part of the country. And I don't know if you've been into the woods in the Pacific Northwest, yeah, but it's great they're there. wildly different than what I'm used to in the South or the Northeast. I mean, yep. I've been in beautiful woods, but man, this is a whole different, I mean, it's like mythical and medieval and just a crazy beautiful beautiful movie like the the where can one see this movie on most of the streaming things it's uh it's definitely not netflix though but it's like i think it's hulu and voodoo and tibby and tubu and yeah. bobby and yeah. boo it's, it's, it's rookie and kooky and quappy yeah. and um, it's in it's in a bunch of those let yeah. me ask you this so we've talked about we have the same we have beer can collecting we have, we had almost the same childhood kind of mm. and we talked about the midnight movies I, i'm gonna rob i'm gonna have to interrupt you i think you were uh i didn't think you grew into this uh kind of rugged tiger beat handsomeness i think you always had that quality i was a weirdo jew with thick glasses and a jew fro and <laughs> i don't think we had quite the same I, and experience but see that's I see myself in you. I don't know what that says about me, but I immediately hear your story. <laughs> you got to up your uh, self esteem. Yeah, <laughs> but no. We, but we have we, we have the same cultural. How about this? How about this? Will you buy this as a as a thesis? Yeah. We had the same cultural touchstones. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, clearly. Okay. Yeah. So, Legend of Boggy Creek. Is that ringing a bell for you? Uh, I I know the name. I don't remember what that was. Well, it's, it it's about Bigfoot. And it was mm -hmm. a huge thing for me in the midnight movies. And when the minute you talk about shooting a movie where you shot this movie, I did you see Bigfoot? Was Bigfoot up there? Uh, everyone always asked me that. I uh, I didn't I didn't see him. I and people ask like, so do you believe in Bigfoot? Because that's part of the one of the questions that is threaded through this movie is the idea of Bigfoot. Um, no way. Yeah, yeah. The of the the whether they exist and, and Robert. Uh, you know, the real Robert Pyle is a, uh, a biologist and like, uh, uh, I believe Harvard educated, I mean, like really smart. Right. And, uh, and so it goes against every scientific thing that he knows that they're, but he ends up grappling with this question. Is there a big, and it's, so it's really, he's very, uh, he's an awesome dude. He's a great, great, cool guy. And he's in a band with Kirsten Obaselic from Nirvana. How about that? What? Yeah, they do. They do music about Bigfoot. I'm not kidding. They do music about Bigfoot. Yes, I am not kidding. He has, you know, multiple side projects, and that's one of them. Um, oh, yeah. It's, uh, check out the movie. I think you'll like it. Dark Divide, but it's it's about there's 
I, I can't say it's about Bigfoot, but that is a thing that comes up uh, a couple times. Uh, that's that's too good. I, a long-time obsession with beer cans and Bigfoot. At least it's alliterative. Everything I like begins with a B. And, uh, well, there's, your, there's your next book. Beer cans and Bigfoot is a good one, yeah. isn't it? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing that down. You don't have to. This, it's uh, it's recorded. Um, I want I, I got to ask you about um, Arrested Development, which is one of the great... I mean, it's, I, I always argue with people about greatest comedies, of the, you know, and that's for sure. It's for sure on the list. That goes without saying. Um, what? Are, well, let me ask you, what are your favorite TV comedies? I mean, I, I loved Arrested Development. I have a huge uh, respect for the, the writing and the, the entirety of it. Um, I was a big fan of Community. Yep. Um, I went growing up. I loved MASH and I loved Carol Burnett show. Um, then when I got a little older, uh, Python and, uh, I loved soap. Um, and I loved Barney Miller. Um, and then, and then I kind of stopped watching TV for quite a while. I mean, a good 15 years. I don't think I watched TV. Never, you know, never saw cheers. I never saw any of those shows. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Never saw them. uh, I, I truly, I only saw like, and, and probably when they were repeated, uh, uh, I never saw, I saw like four Seinfeld, I've seen four Seinfelds, you know, and I've seen, you're right, like maybe 10 Cheers or something same, like that. No, same. no friends, you know. No, same. And yeah, I just stopped watching for a long, 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 long time. So there's big gaps there, but, you know, in, in people would turn you on it, like you got to watch Wonder Shows, in, you know, uh, and currently penis or pen 15 i'm not sure uh amazing show great great uh acting and writing and uh just a wonderful show and uh um there's so much really good stuff out there but um pen 15 i've heard uh, you're the second person today who i really respect talk about that i've got that's uh, it's so rob it's so is it so good good the acting is the acting the writing the whole and the kid you know that you know the the conceit of it is the two older girls who are playing themselves, uh, you know, versions of this, of themselves in, uh, I think it's ninth grade or something like that. So and, uh, great. and they're surrounded by real younger kids or cast, you know, who aren't the adults and they're amazing. Those kids, that's some of the best acting. It's just, it's a, it's a really, really, and it's poignant and it's real and it's, Oh my God. Talk about, touchstones and you know uh bringing things up that you remember and and those uh, emotions and uh the awkwardness it's just they're they're it's just genius it's great i'm i'm i can't wait i've i just hear the just the notion of the older actors making no attempt to de to make an excuse for the fact that they're way too old to play the parts they're playing oh it's great it's perfect you just check it out for for real so you got to watch uh, dark divide then watch uh penis and then watch um the wonder shows and um follow up yes uh xavier renegade angel and the heart she holler the heart she holler like holler is in like the hills like in the hills of yes virginia at some point my phone is going to go off it's right here i have to take the ribs out well listen enjoy the ribs i hope so yes um and this was so much fun i'm i've got great stuff i get to catch up on yeah thank you rob Oh my gosh, he is so funny. He is so dry. He is like super dry.
Like there, there are times I'm like, oh, you know, no, that's a joke. It took me a, a minute. He, I mean, he, he's so dry. He makes Christopher Guest seem like Carrot Top. Unreal. What a funny, smart man. That was great. Okay. So before we wrap up for the week, uh, it is time. Yes, it is. It's called the Lowdown Line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line, where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Rob Lowe. My name is Regina, and I'm from Saratoga, New York. And I adore you, first of all, in everything you've ever done. I am curious, I know you love animals and dogs especially, and was wondering about Champion from Parks and Rec. Whose dog was that, or is that, if he's still alive, and I hope he is. And um, it looked like you really got along really well with him. Do you still see Champion? Thanks, Rob. Love to you and your family. Bye-bye. Aw, thanks, Regina. Oh, it's great to hear from you. Thanks for calling in. Yes, it was obvious, wasn't it? How much I love Champion. I loved that dog so much. First of all, I love animals and I love dogs anyway, but Champion was really, really special. And one of my great memories of doing Parks and Recreation is the scene where um, my character, Chris Traeger, is being emotional. I think he's crying, lying on a bed, and Champion is just licking his face and it's making Chris laugh. Um, And we had to put you know, the old trick, you put a little bit of peanut butter on your face and the dog wants to lick it off. Champion was so sweet, but Champion passed away last year, sadly enough. Um, And he was a trained professional actor. Um, He was a rescue that they trained. um, And I don't remember if Champion was written as a three-legged dog and then they found a three-legged dog or the dog that they brought to play Champion had showed up in that through. I don't remember the the genesis of it, um, but I particularly love a, I did a talking head in Parks and Rec with Champion. And in a Kennedy voice, I say, each bean, I'm three-legged dog. <laughs> and instead of saying, I am a Berliner or whatever Kennedy was saying when he said it, it said, I love this three-legged dog. It's so stupid and fun. Uh, thanks for making me remember the amazing champion. Thanks. I hope you had fun as I always do. Next week, there's more fun in store right here on Literally. So keep coming back. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced and engineered by me, Rob Schulte. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Our talent bookers are Gina Batista, Paula Davis, and Britt Kahn, and music is by Devin Tory Bryant. Make sure to leave us a rating and review, and we'll see you next week on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. This show is sponsored by Duncan Cold K Cups. Duncan Cold K Cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. It's convenient and tasty. You brew over ice. 
straight out of the Keurig coffee maker. You just brew over ice and you sip them in seconds. You're going to love these Dunkin' Cold Cake Cups. Enjoy the bold, smooth Dunkin' taste you know and love. Find Dunkin' Cold Coffee in the roasted coffee aisle. 